Hey there, friend. I'm Susan, and this is the Spark Chasers podcast, a series dedicated to the educational changemakers who embrace creativity, seek out challenges, and collaborate on solutions. This is a show for any educator looking to explore the creative side in the classroom, business, and life. So grab a cup of caffeine, your favorite flare pen, and let's chat about what's now and what could be next. Hello, hello. If you are listening to this episode on the day that it's released, it's election day here in the United States. And if I'm honest, this is a tense day. I'll really be glad when it's over. We have had such an emotionally charged year between the pandemic and the presidential election that it's got me reflecting today on our health and well-being. And truthfully, there's a lot missing in that equation. Now, since 2014, I have been working either completely from home or have had the flexibility to work from home whenever I'd like. And in 2020, lots of you are now in the same boat. And there's this idealized, must be nice kind of thinking about people who get to work from home, right? But now that we've all been forced into that scenario, it's becoming so clear that there are some real downsides. Today, I'm hoping we can dig into the truth behind the challenges of working from home, as well as some specific tools that I've learned that have helped make me more joyful. Um, My hope is that this conversation helps you to know that you're not alone if you're not happy about working and living in the same space and that you leave our chat with some specific strategies to make it a little bit better. So let's dig in. Now, the first one I wanna talk about is this idea of a lack of boundaries. So maybe the biggest challenge that I've faced working from home is a lack of boundaries. Every other challenge, when I was writing this episode and I was thinking about it, every other challenge actually comes from this one. This is the stem of the root of all of it. Because when you're working and living in a single space, there's no definitive start and end time. Your office becomes your living room, which becomes your laundry folding station. In fact, I'm living this right now. (laughs) Um, I am actually recording this at a time when I have jury duty coming up on Monday, and I know that I'm not going to be able to get into the office to record this podcast, and so I don't have my typical podcast equipment. So I'm spending my time, which is, it's currently a Saturday when I'm recording this, I'm actually recording this from my closet because it allows the sound to record as closely to my podcasting equipment as I normally would. So My closet is my laundry folding station, is my podcasting office today. See what I mean about lack of boundaries? Um, I think one of the things when I think about all of the teachers who have had to suddenly make their homes into makeshift classrooms, I think that the lack of boundaries becomes really, really clear because your classroom is so close to everywhere else that you are in your home. Um, So here are some ah ahas that I've gotten about this idea of lack of boundaries over the years, as well as some some ideas for being able to modify some things to give yourself some boundaries. So one of the first things that I realized 
when I began working from home was that I was working more hours and not less. See, I thought working from home, I, it would be nice because I got rid of my three hour a day commute. And so I would get back that time and I would maybe have a nice cup of coffee in the morning and relax. And then, you know, quietly go to my office space and work and then be home for when my daughter got home. I, again, this idealized image of what working from home would be. But what actually happened and what it actually looked like was that I would get up in the morning and immediately open up my laptop and begin to answer emails. And then I would make breakfast for my daughter and yeah, I'd get grab that cup of coffee while I was, you know, turning the pancakes and then send her off to school. And when she got on the bus, I hurried home, got into my office. I sat down and I worked until she got off the bus at about four, remembered that I hadn't eaten, grabbed a quick snack, got her home, settled, got her through her homework, began on dinner. After dinner, the office, my office, my home office is, is directly behind my living room space. Like there's a wall that separates it and that's it. Um, so while my daughter and husband were watching some television at night, I went over into my office, continued to work until it was time to put my daughter to bed. And then at about nine o'clock rolled into bed myself and started it all over again. Does that sound familiar to you? What I have noticed from so many of my educator friends is that this kind of schedule has become the new reality and that it is not sustainable. And my friends, I hear you on that because I did that for way too long. I'm, I'm ashamed to admit how long that kind of cycle happened. And in fact, you know, we are a digital company. Everybody in our company could work from home at any time. So the shift to working from home for us was not hard. But that said, in 2017, I actually took a leap and invested in some office space in our, in our downtown area. And I had a lot of people tell me that that was a waste of money. Like that was a lot of money because you got to pay rent and overhead and, you know, the internet fees and, you know, everything that goes into having a building. A lot of people said that's a, a huge waste of money. Why would you do that when you can work from home? And the, re the reality is I did that because of my own sanity, because I could not establish boundaries for myself in my home. I actually needed that office space. It, it was a, an investment in my own mental health and well-being. And so when the pandemic came, came in and we all were forced to shut down our office space and, and work from home, I knew what that looked like for me. And I knew that I needed to establish some boundaries. Um, and so that's one of the things that I want to share with you. This idea that even though you are at home, and yes, that eliminates your commute time, and yes, it is convenient. Um, constantly being on, being available at all times makes taking a break for yourself difficult. Because what that does, when you are constantly available, because we are, when we're working from home, we are constantly available. But when you don't establish boundaries for yourself, um, what happens is that you won't take a break because you will begin to feel guilty if you do. And that is a, um, a psyche we don't want to get into. We should never feel guilty about having an established time frame for which we work. 
right? But we do because we're here at home. And of course I can go grab that email. Of course I can go ahead and hop on and answer that question real fast for you. Even though, you know, I'm in the middle of dinner, it's okay. I'm just going to answer this one email real fast on my phone. Okay. If this is a pattern that you find yourself getting into, please know that it is extremely common. Please know that I have been there. And in fact, I still struggle with that. Um, you know, we have rules in my house that we've had to establish and my husband holds me accountable to them. And now my daughter holds me accountable to them because it has gotten that bad. You guys, it has gotten to the point where I do, I will feel guilty answering somebody's or not answering somebody's email when it's sitting right there. And so we establish these rules about, you know, there are no phones, no devices, no nothing for the half hour that we have dinner together that we set aside specific time for our family. Um, and that at a certain period at night, everything goes off. All the phones, all the devices, they all go away so that we can have some time together. Um, that has been extremely important during this time of being able to establish those boundaries. If you don't, you will lose yourself and you'll find the other two things that I'm gonna talk about here today to happen much more quickly for you. So how do you do that? How do you establish some of those boundaries? Well, um, one thing that I really like is to make it hard to access your stuff, right? So there's, and by that, I mean a lot of different things. So um, for example, your office space where you've set up your um, kind of makeshift classroom or your office in your, your living space. If you can, try to place it somewhere that it's not convenient. Remember how I told you that my office was right behind my living room wall, right? So it was really easy to walk over there. During the pandemic, um, when I had to come back and work from home again, I changed where I put my office space. I took my big computer and everything that I had down to our basement uh, in order to work from down there. Because that did a couple of things. One. I have to actually physically go down the stairs in order to work. And so it's not convenient for me to do that in the evenings or in the early mornings when we're trying to get around. Two, there's not a whole lot of sunlight and natural light that comes into my basement. It kind of feels like the hole. That's what we used to call it. Oh, Mama's got to go down and work in the hole today. Right? Um, so it didn't give me a whole lot of reason to stay down there. So I, I made it a little bit more difficult to get to my office space and that was helpful. When it comes to your social media accounts or your email accounts, on your phone, put it at least two swipes away from your home screen. Here, and This sounds really silly, but I'm telling you it works because here's what happens. When your email um, app or your social media apps or your notifications for school or whatever, if that is on your home screen, the first time you, you know, it'll show right up onto your home screen. And when you open up your phone, that's the first thing you see. And so, of course, it is our natural inclination to just deal with it because it's right there, right? But if you take those things and put them two swipes away, it, it physically makes it more challenging for you to actually go and open up that social media app or your email app or your LMS app or whatever it is, right? So you, you would intentionally have to go find it instead of having it be on default. So I highly recommend putting it at least two swipes away so that you would have to intentionally go seek that out. 
It's not a cure, but it definitely helps in order to establish those boundaries. Another thing that I want you to think about is to limit what you want to accomplish for work each day. Now, that's going to sound a little different um, because I'm actually going to encourage you to do less, right? I'm going to give you, if you need permission right now, I'm going to give this to you. It's okay to not get everything done in a day, all right? And in fact, it's actually better for you if you do less because you will be more refreshed and you will be on point and you won't make the mistakes that you'll make if you're constantly rushing and we don't have a break, okay? So one way to do that is to actually limit what you want to accomplish. My golden rule is the three top things that I want to accomplish for a day. Now, what I used to do was just put down a full to-do list and then start, you know, on Mondays, I had 10 things on my to-do list. And then I'd get frustrated because I only got through, you know, six of them, which meant four of them are sitting there and there's not a line through them. And it made me feel really bad because it felt like I wasn't getting enough done. And so then Tuesday, I'm already playing catch up to what I had established for myself on Monday. So instead, what actually works better is to think about what are the three top things that you need to get done in a day. Write them up top and make a plan for yourself to get those three things done. Then have a separate kind of running list of all the things that are sitting in the background, all of the things that need to be done, okay, that are not those three priorities so that you can accomplish those three things because everybody can accomplish three things. So get those three things done, knock them out in your day, and then you have the opportunity to kind of like get extra credit and go get some of the other things on your to-do list done if you have time. And if you don't have time, you're not feeling guilty because you didn't get anything else done, okay? So limit what you want to accomplish for work each day, make a list of your top three priorities, and then anything else is a bonus. And then the last thing that I'll say to this is to set a schedule and to stick to it. I talked a lot about this during our fall remote learning reboot because I'm really passionate about it. Um, I've actually created a workbook that you can kind of go plug in and everything. It's called the, um, the Essentialist Teacher's Guide to uh, Planning. I'll link it in the show notes because, and it's a Google, it's a Google Doc, so you can easily copy it and fill it in for yourself. What this does, though, is it helps you to, to understand what does your schedule need to look like, what can you, can you accomplish within that time frame, and then budget in your schedule time for yourself, your family, your relationships, all of those other things that constitute a life. Uh, it's going to sound weird to budget in a life, but when you're working from home, that's a must. You have to do it because otherwise you will have no life and all you will have is work. So set yourself a schedule and stick to it. All right. Uh, the next thing that I, a big challenge that I faced working from home is that my health took a back seat. So now here's a hard truth for me. In the first two years of working from home, I gained 50 pounds. And see, so you have to know, I have struggled with my weight my entire life. It is just, it is my reality. It's something that I'm constantly working on. Um, and, and so for a long time, I had done a lot of work. I had gotten 
healthier. I was really happy with that. Um, and so it was something that I took great care for. Like I would make sure that I budgeted in time for exercise and then I was eating the, the healthier options for me and what worked for me and my body. Um, but when I started to work from home, little by little that started to fall to the wayside because I was not exercising. It was just, I had so much to do, right? Cause I didn't set those boundaries and I didn't set a schedule for myself and I had so much on my to-do list that it was just easier for me to, to stay seated and knock it out than to get up, take 30 minutes and go for a run or to, um, you know, actually eat in regular intervals and to eat healthily. Um, so, you know, I didn't exercise and then I would find myself not eating until four o'clock in the afternoon. And by then I was starving. So I was way overeating at night. It was just not a good combination for me. And so, yeah, my body reflected the unhealthy lifestyle that I was leading working from home. And here's the thing. And you know, that's not easy for me to admit. I still don't like it. I still struggle with it. Um, because of, again, those boundaries. That's why I say everything comes back to those. Um, but it's definitely something that, that I'm working on. And in fact, we actually have a health and wellness category to our company at this point, because I got so sick and tired of this that I looked at our exec team and I said, we are going to build this into the vision for our company because I've noticed that this is not just me. This is our team members. This is anybody who I know who has been, who has worked at, from home for any length of time. I have seen so many have the same struggle with their health. And it's not just weight gain that has been threatening our health. It's the mental drain, the constant staring at a screen, and the limited movement that are chipping away at our best selves. So now here are some tools for bringing health up front against. These are things that I have slowly begun to incorporate back into my routines and I've found to be really helpful and simple because, you know, I'm telling you right now, finding 30 solid minutes in a day to exercise, which I don't love anyway, but, <laughs> but to, to find that and carve that out, it's not going to bring me joy. So these strategies are actually things that I can do and that I enjoy and that are helping to make progress in that. Uh, the first one is that stretch and movement breaks are critical, right? So sitting for long periods of time um, is, is really not good for you. And in fact, there are lots of studies out there that say that that, that sitting without standing up for movement or stretch breaks throughout the day is almost as bad as smoking for you. So um, I want to make sure that I'm standing up, I'm stretching, I'm moving my body in some way just to get the blood going again, right? And to keep your joints kind of, you know, lubricated and moving. So um, stretch and movement breaks are critical. Now, here's why I love our team. Our team member, Tiffany Harris, actually just moved down to this area from New York so that she could be with our office space a little bit more. And her background is in dance. So my friends, just a little behind the scenes, <laughs> every day at one, around one o'clock, sometimes it's a little bit later, but she tries to do it around one, which is right after that lunchtime slump 
she she gets up and she will dance in our office and sometimes she goes outside and dances outside just to move and it's not for very long it's like for maybe two or three minutes but what it has been encouraging all of us to do is to move with her sometimes we just watch uh to be honest but honestly i have found myself moving more because she moves more um so that has been helpful. If you have a buddy or if you have a kiddo at home or some way, just a clock or a timer to remind yourself, time for a stretch break, time to stand up and move a little bit. You don't have to dance, but just, you know, stretch, walk around for a couple of minutes before you go back to sitting. That's helpful. Uh, make a meal plan and stick to it. Uh, this goes back to that boundary thing again, because I would find myself at like five o'clock at night after having fully worked all day going, oh man, what am I going to eat? Because I didn't send anything out today. So having any having a meal plan um, was really, really, really helpful because then I knew, right, like this is what we're having tonight and I had set it out and I didn't have to think about it. So anything you can do to not have to think about it and make it easy for yourself, do that. Make drinking at least 60 ounces of water every day easy. Now, I am the first to admit, I don't love water by itself. A little sparkling water, yeah. Um, a little flavored water, sure. Um, but getting that 60, I, I actually aim for 100 ounces myself, but getting at least 60 ounces in a day, um, that's a, that can be challenging for me, right? Especially because it's, I just, I don't know. It, for whatever reason, it's a struggle for me to get 60 ounces of water in a day. Um, so a couple of things that have helped me to do that. First of all, water is super important because it flushes out the toxins. It helps again to keep everything moving in your body and keep your blood oxygen levels at their optimal levels. So, you know, water is important. So one way that I found, this is going to sound really silly, but for me it works. I actually found a, a tumbler that has a straw attached to it that's dishwasher safe so I don't have to worry you know it's, it's good for the environment it's also easy for me to clean it's not like I have to like scrub so uh with a with a wire brush right like I can just pop it into the dishwasher again making it simple my friends um but it has a straw and I tend to drink more water or or liquids if I have a straw for whatever reason you got to know what works for you right but for me I know that when I have a straw I tend to drink more of something. It's just easy. So I found a tumbler that has a dishwasher safe straw attached and it's 32 ounces. And so I, my goal, fill that thing three times a day. And you know, it works because I'm constantly just sipping on it. And so again, you got to find what works for you. But for me, that made a huge difference in getting my water intake in. And then the last thing for your health is your, is thinking about your mental health as well as your physical health. So find a hobby that you love and make it a priority to do at least once a week. So for me, that is singing. And I had found that it got really quiet in my house for two years. I didn't sing anymore because I was so focused on work and I lost that joy. And so it became a priority for me to at least once a week sit down at the piano and just sing for 30 minutes, however long that I wanted. Um, and when I do that for myself, I'm better. I'm a better person. I have more patience. I give people grace. Um, and that's because that's my creative outlet. That's the thing that, that lights me up. 
So whatever your hobby is, whatever it is that brings you joy, make it a priority. Don't allow yourself to give that up. It's not worth it. All right. And then the third big challenge that I've had working from home is maintaining relationships. So this one hurts a bit to admit, but working from home for me meant watching a lot of relationships fade. And so like, you know, because my friends at the time, they weren't working from home. They were working in either offices or in classrooms because that's what they did. And, you know, my day looked so different from their day and I was not in that space with them. So I felt like my friendships with folks passed away. Um, but this also included relationships with my family, particularly with my husband. And that was tough. He and I went through a period of time where, you know, he felt like he was not the priority because I was focusing so much on work because I was home and I was, and I was focusing on work because I was home and that's where my work lived. So, um, we actually, made a pact about three years in, I realized <laughs> that I didn't like that where this was going. And we made some very specific changes, which have made a real difference for both us as in our relationship and our family's relationship, and as well as my friends. Like when I instituted some of these uh, ideas that I'm going to share with you, my friendships kind of came back because I made it a priority to bring them back. And relationships, we're, we're humans. We're meant to have relationships. We're not meant to be isolated. So here are some things that made the difference for me in this regard. First, first, I set aside at least one block of time each week for the people who were important to me. So for me, that meant that um, no matter what, Saturday nights um, from about 6.30 until 8, that was set aside for me and my husband to have a date night. Whatever that looked like, some nights and a lot of nights actually was watching old movies and having Chinese food and just being able to be together without distraction, right? Um, but I also, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while now, you'll know this. I set aside every Thursday from 4 to 5 p.m. to have coffee with my mom just so that I can check in on her. And I have the blessing of having her close nearby, And um, but I it doesn't mean that I see her unless I make it a priority to see her. So um, setting aside that block of time, so important. For my daughter and I, she and I have from 3.30 until 5 in the afternoons. That's just her and me. Uh, and so, and every time we do a little something different, it might be we're working on homework together. It might be that we're painting a watercolor. It might be that we're taking the dog for a walk. It doesn't really matter, but that's the time that I've set aside for them. So make sure that you identify at least one block of time, and it doesn't have to be long, but something to dedicate to the people that are important to you to continue to cultivate those relationships. Because I can tell you, work is not worth that. Work is not worth sacrificing the relationships that are important to you. Another idea is to create a 15 minute connection time in each day for things like letter writing or sending emails or calling those special people in your life. So when I say sending emails, let me just put a caveat here. I mean, sending an email like, Hey, I've been thinking about you. Um, how's it going? How did the move go? Let me know, you know, a friend email, not a work email. <laughs> um, 
And my mom has this philosophy that we all, you know, have let go of the art of letter writing. And so getting something physical in the mail is like a surprise. It's a little piece of joy that we get to open out of something that's not joyful right now, right? And so we've actually instituted this with our team because our team is spread all over the United States. and We don't get to see them very often. Um, we have this jar of kindness that we just, we put everybody's name in the jar. We pick somebody's name um, each week and then we send them a little note. Something, it could be a card that we find and we write a little note in, or it could just be a little, you know, actual small little note that we write in. Just, I'm thinking about you. How's it going? Checking in. Um, that has been so delightful in order, and both, both the receiving end and the giving end of that. So, um, or calling people that are important to you, those special people, giving them a call for just a couple of minutes. But I would set aside like 15 minutes of time in your day. For me, it's early morning because I'm a morning person. So, you know, first thing in the morning, instead of checking emails, I'm doing that 15 minutes of either writing a note or making sure that I send an email to somebody that I was thinking about them. Um, if it's if I don't get to it in the morning, then it might be a phone call in the afternoon um, on my way to pick up my daughter from school. It, it doesn't have to be something that you have to add in. It could be during those down times, like when you're driving and you just call somebody. But make sure that you do that uh, because it helps you feel connected to them and it helps them have a bright spot in their day. And don't forget the relationship with yourself. How are you practicing self-care? Like, I know that there's this whole self-care Sunday deal that a lot of people are doing, um, but you've got to think about what is it to you that is self-care. It may not be, you know, manicures and pedicures. It may be giving yourself, you know, 30 minutes once a week to read in peace with a nice hot cup of coffee. You know, it, it can look different for everybody, but you've got to identify what is it that fills you back up that gives you a little bit of extra time that allows you to just breathe for a little bit and then build that in to your week. Um, nothing, none of these ideas, by the way, today are anything earth shattering, but I hope that they're serving as a reminder to you that it is hard to do this. And these small things, these little things can make a big difference in this challenging time. So think back on the year so far. How are you doing with boundaries, health, and relationships? If you're doing great in all three, I am like in awe of you. But if any of these areas need a little TLC, you are not alone, my friend. Hopefully, something from today's show has sparked an idea for making one of these areas just a little bit brighter. Because if there's one thing that I am so certain about, it's that each of these areas will help us get through our new reality with just a little bit more hope and support. So I'd love to hear your thoughts and questions about this. Remember, you can use the Ask Me Anything button on the podcast page to share with me your ideas and what's bubbling to the surface for you. Just head over to artsintegration.com forward slash sparkchasers and you'll find today's show notes, contact area, and links for more resources. And as always, if you're enjoying the show and know somebody else who could benefit from our discussions, please share the podcast with them because together we can chase the spark of our ideas 
and make a brighter future for everyone. I'll see you soon. Well, check that off your list, my friends. You just finished another episode of the Spark Chasers podcast. If you want more, head over to artsintegration.com forward slash spark chasers for show notes, a space to tell me what you thought of today's show and links to what we talked about today. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. This helps others find the show so we can all grow and learn together. Can't wait to get together again soon.